So last week I made a big mistake, real big, huge mistake. I thought that we could talk about the Holy Spirit and our need to surrender to the Spirit in just one sermon. Big mistake. There's too much of a challenge. It's too difficult. It's, it's too something that just can't be contained in a sermon, one sermon on Sunday morning. So I want to recap a couple things for you. First of all, if you remember how it is that Eastern Orthodoxy talks about the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and Eastern Orthodox um, understanding or theology, we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and how they dance together. I just love that. How is it that our God, three in one, dances together to work and move and, and to transform this world? There is this holy dance. And I suggested last week that you and I, believers, that we enter into that dance with our sovereign God. With that holy trinity three in one, we become partners in that dance. Not equals, but, but partners nonetheless. And so what I want us to do this morning is to pick up right there this need of ours to surrender to the Holy Spirit and enter into that dance. And so to do that, I'm going to turn to Richard Rohr. He, he makes this beautiful presentation, this real short, actually, conversation of, of what that looks like, this surrender and this dance. So I'm going to play this clip in just a minute, and I want you to remember just a few things. When you hear Richard Rohr refer to her, his partner as she, I want you to think Holy Spirit. He's going to say that quite often, his partner, she. Think about the Holy Spirit, how it is that we dance with this partner. Again, not equals, but how it is that we dance with a partner or, or perhaps listen to the call of the Holy Spirit, the guidance. How is it that we are to take our next step? So, so think a Holy Spirit for, for just this exercise. And then I want us to um, begin to consider that beginning of becoming that beginning of becoming who God has called us to be as we enter into this dance, surrendering to the Spirit. Now I'm going to play the clip, and I want you to know that the, the um, interviewer of Roar is not real clear. So if you will permit me, I will ask the question, and then you'll hear Roar's response. So here's the question, Richard. Is surrender even possible? Uh, uh, at least I would hope so. Yeah, it isn't common in our culture because we live in a strobe light uh, culture where we don't give ourselves time to surrender, I think. Yeah. Is that working to you? I have to admit, the first connotation, even as much as I've studied and been taught, I have to admit, I'm still an American <laughs> and the word surrender first connotes weakness, giving up, losing. It still connotes that for me. And I'd be lying if I said any different. So uh, I suppose it's only in the, the dance of love where you learn to understand it, where maybe you've given up to your partner and, and let her lead or let her guide or let her teach or let her love in the way she wants to love. And first of all, it does feel like a letting go, doesn't it? It feels like a, a giving up, a losing. I'm letting her have her way again, you know? <laughs> uh, 
And it's only the effects afterward that tell you, you know, this wasn't all losing, it was also finding. So that's where I want to pick up. I love that. How is it that the faith-filled understanding of surrender does not mean losing at all? That, that's kind of where our minds go. But surrendering to the Holy Spirit is not losing. Instead, the surrender to the Holy Spirit is about finding. Finding out who it is that God has created us to be. We surrender to the Spirit to begin to become who God created us to be. And, and I think that is just perfect for our understanding of surrender and becoming who God has created us to be as we begin to look at the fruits of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit and how they are manifest in our life. Now, this list is not exhaustive, of course, but these are characteristics of believers, of those who have lost themselves to the Holy Spirit and how it is the Spirit works in our lives for transformation I'm going to read this a couple times because I want you to hear each word. And by the end of the next three weeks, I think we'll all have it memorized. Here we go. Galatians 5, I'll begin at verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can do it again. The fruits of the Spirit, say it with me, are love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, we're not going to do all nine of these fruits today. Don't worry about that. We're going to pick up three today and do three next week and then three in two weeks. And as I said, I, I think we'll have these memorized by the end of this sermon series. So we begin with love. And indeed, that's where it all begins. We know that. This manifestation of the Spirit, once we surrender to the Spirit in our lives, is love. And it is a love that, that mirrors God's love for this world. It is a love that God offers to us as a gift. It is our love back to God. And then in return, our love of God displayed in our love of neighbor, our world. This is the love, the completeness of love in our lives. This is where we begin in this dance of surrender to the Holy Spirit. Now, the lo love is the summation of the law. We hear that in the Hebrew Bible time and time again. Love is the summation of the law. And when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? You shall love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We get it. And we enter into the dance. We begin to become who God created us to be when that love takes hold in our lives, when that seed of grace begins to bear fruit. This relationship with God is initiated by God. God sends his grace into our lives and we begin to understand that we have a part to play. We repent. We surrender, again, to use war's word. We surrender. We are born again. We are justified in that moment when we make that decision that indeed, yes, we shall surrender to God. We shall turn ourselves over through the grace of Jesus Christ 
and for transformation by the Holy Spirit. This is love as it begins to take root in our lives. But that's just the middle, people of God. That's just the middle. That that surrender of ours to the Holy Spirit for its transforming power then continues to play throughout our lives. Methodists call it sanctification. How is it that once justified by grace, born again, saved by Christ, that we then live into this new identity, that we then begin to become who God knows we can be. And so love takes root and that transformation begins. Now in his letter to Corinth, another letter of Paul's, he he begins to, to develop this idea of what love looks like in our lives. He begins to offer up for our consideration how it is that love will be transformative. And he says this, you can do all the good things you want to do out there. You can be nice, you can give to charity, you can preach, you can study the Bible, you can care for your neighbor by doing X, Y, or Z. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But Paul says that for the believer, all of this must be done in love. This fruit of the Spirit, as it begins to manifest itself, comes into our lives and and transforms our lives so that whatever it is we do, however it is we are called to be faithful, is grounded in love. It's that soil where the seed begins to take root and, and becomes manifest in our lives. We can do all this stuff, but if we don't have love, we're just a lot of noise as a witness through the Holy Spirit. It begins with love. The word that Paul uses for love here in Galatians is agape. It might be familiar to some of you. This love is agape. This is the love, and, and here's where it's so important. Again, distinct by those, to those who've surrendered to the Holy Spirit. This agape love, what does it look like? It looks like self-sacrifice. It looks like benevolence. It looks like charity, not necessarily in the act, but in the disposition. This agape love puts others first. It's not easy. Remember, it takes the Holy Spirit working in our lives. This agape love is is what brings us, transforms us, helps us to begin to become who God knows we can be. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, the rule of love is perfectly simple. We need not spend so much time thinking about whether we love our neighbor or not. We simply need to act as if we do. Don't spend so much time thinking, do you love your neighbor or not? Just act as if you do. And the Holy Spirit will take root in that fruit will grow. Fruit doesn't grow on its own. Takes that seed of grace, that cultivation by the Holy Spirit, and that manifestation in our lives as love, sacrifice, putting others ahead of ourselves, charity and attitude and in gifts. This is the first of the fruits. And from this position, the others begin to fall into place. Now, I don't think that these fruits of the Spirit are written in chronological order or, or order of importance. Love certainly is that foundation because this is a gift of love from God given to all people. It's where it all begins, this relationship. But I'm going to go a little out of order with my next two. I'm going to switch up peace and joy because I think that it's important. And you'll 
understand why in just a minute. We have the love of God upon all things are grounded or in which this seed of grace is grounded. And then we have this peace. And in Hebrew understanding, this peace is shalom. It's another word you might be familiar with. This peace is shalom and it means wholeness. It means balance. It means well-being. And and if you remember that the, the Holy Spirit gave birth to the church in a city named for peace, Jerusalem, Salam, Shalom. The church is born into this city of peace, but, but that's not where it stays, right? And so as, as the seed of, of peace begins to be manifest in our lives, that disposition, that location of peace should go wherever it is we go. Should be wherever it is we are. That This is how love is dislocated appropriately in the peace, in the balance, in the wholeness that we seek to witness to this world as born-again believers, as those who have surrendered. You know, there are many ways to think about this, and many of those ways are spot on. Martin Luther King says, for example, that peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of of justice. There's a sense of balance in that. And it's this kind of peace that Christians bring onto the scene. It is this kind of peace, this fruit that grows in us, takes root, bears fruit, and becomes a hallmark, please God, in our lives and in our world been interesting these last couple of weeks Laura and I have been taking our walks and 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 talking about things and we're all very agitated one reason or another and, and we have reason to be absolutely and we work for the kind of peace that is the presence of justice absolutely but in that we see that shalom that balance that is absolutely necessary for our hearts are restless until they rest in God says Augustine and we search and we seek and we correct and we, and we call out and, and, and all those things are right and good. But it is that searching for God's peace, God's presence, that shalom, that restlessness of our spirit when things aren't right. is God's call to believers to manifest shalom, to be that mobile city, if you will, carrying shalom wherever it is that we go, showing up. Hoping for wholeness, wishing for wholeness, bestowing wholeness and peace wherever the church is and wherever an individual believer finds itself. Grounded in love, manifested in peace, absolutely. These are gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Which then leads us to joy. It's such a great word. Joy is different from happiness. We were talking about this in in the staff meeting this week. Joy is not happiness. It is distinct from that because happiness is exterior or dependent on exterior circumstances. What's going on around me? Does it bring me happiness? What's going on around me? What is it that I'm doing? What am I a part of? Does it bring me happiness? That's exterior. Nothing wrong with that, but it's not consistent, is it? Happiness rests in circumstances, for better or for worse. And joy is something, is a fruit of the Spirit that is so much deeper than happiness. 
For joy is not based on our circumstances. Joy is not based on our outside exterior happenings. Joy is a deep-seated trait of a believer. Joy is the interior because that is where we begin to understand how it is that God's Spirit transforms us, even us, with every possibility of becoming who God knows we can be. And so that Spirit takes root in our lives far different from joy and offers us a unique presence in this world so that by our fruit, Others would come to know Christ by that joy, by that disposition. You know, that's so important now, maybe now more than it has been in a really long time for for believers to fall back on that fruit of joy. For us to believe that it is possible for us and then to manifest that for others. Because we are surrounded by pandemic, right? And if happiness were, were to be the measure of faith, we might all be in a little bit of trouble. And if happiness was to be the the understanding for believers that if we just begin that transformation by Christ, that transformation of the Spirit, if we just begin to surrender to the Spirit, we'll all be happy. And that's not the case. What is true is that we have the possibility of joy when we surrender to the Spirit. In this time of pandemic, we, we are missing loved ones. We want to see them. We, we are separated from friends. We, some have people they know who are sick. There's turmoil. I mean, even the kids wanted to go back to school a few weeks ago. There's pandemic. And we can't let our faith or the manifestation of the transformation of the Holy Spirit depend on that. We're facing another pandemic. That's racism. Faced it far too long. And it's reared its ugly head in sin again. And, and racism is this pandemic that has gripped this nation for far too long. But it is the joy of believers that we bring into that conversation. Because here's what I think. I think, I believe to the bottom of my heart that joy comes from hope. Because we know that no matter the circumstances, God intends for a better tomorrow. And we know that no matter the circumstances, God intends for us to be part of a better tomorrow. Transformed by the Spirit so that we may be part of God's transformation of the world. The psalmist says in Psalm 30 verse 5, Mourning may last for the night. Times are bad. Times are difficult. We may mourn. We may suffer. But guess what? Joy always comes in the morning. Morning may last for a night, but joy comes for the mor- in the morning. And this happens because it's a possibility in each and every one of us. Maya Angelou says that we need joy as much as we need air. What a thought. We need joy as much as we need air. This world needs joy as much as it needs air. And that is founded in the hope that when things aren't loving, when shalom doesn't exist, that believers have the possibility of answering that with joy. We have the possibility of being part of what God wants to do. When joy seems elusive, it is our role to let the Holy Spirit live and move in us. And make a difference. Love, peace, joy. 
fruits of the Holy Spirit, sometimes elusive, seeming out of our reach. In fact, it is on our own. We don't get these fruits of the Spirit if we go at it alone. These fruits of the Spirit are not reliable traits of human nature. They are not dependent on circumstances. They are not manufactured or manipulated. They are simply a gift to God in believers and from believers to the world. Love, joy, peace. To have it. To welcome that transformation. To be part of what God intends for this world we begin to become who God knows we can be by surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit. God, help us. It's time we let go. It's time we let God take us, lead us in the dance to be part of a better tomorrow. Joy shall come in the morning. Praise God. Amen. And let us pray. Gracious Lord, thank you so much for who it is you call us to be, Lord, and for not only putting that expectation out there, but for making it possible. Lord, we can't do it without you. We know that. So help us to enter into this dance with your Holy Spirit by surrendering ourselves to you fully and completely so that love and peace and joy are indeed possible. Thank you, God, for thinking that much of us. Thank you, Lord, for making it possible. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we offer this prayer. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we offer our lives. Amen. And now may the love of God, the peace of Jesus Christ, and the transformation of the Holy Spirit bring joy to your life and to this world. Go in peace. Go in love. Go to share our joy. Amen.